All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Forever Forum. Chris Stewart here, joined today by a very, very special guest, all in the real estate industry. Certainly know him, uh, Dr. Lawrence Yu. Lawrence is just such a an incredible leader and charismatic and passionate part of our industry. And uh, uh, Lawrence, just first of all, thank you for being on the show and welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, happy to join. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you that may have been under a rock for the last decade or so and don't know who Lawrence is, Lawrence is the Senior Vice President and Chief Economist for the National Association of Realtors. He oversees and is responsible for a wide range of research activity for the association, uh, including the existing home sales statistics, the affordability index, the home buyers and sellers profile, which by the way, Lawrence, I use the annual buyer seller profile religiously as part of my research, as part of my communication to our network. So we, I really value that. And uh, I know that you regularly provide commentary on real estate market trends for the 1.4 million realtors and for the industry at large. So we thank you again for your tireless energy and representation of our, of our great industry. And so with that, welcome again. And I'll just, uh, I'll give you the floor, my friend. Well, uh, thank you, Chris, uh, and hello, everyone, uh, whether it is morning or afternoon, wherever you happen to be. Uh, always, you know, new day is a great day. Uh, certainly, the housing market has surprise on the positive side. Uh, I get many calls from the reporters. What's going on? Are we in a pandemic? Are we in a recession? Why is the housing market doing so well? Why are home prices reaching another new record high? Well, you know, certainly a positive surprise, and we uh, certainly uh, welcome this trend. But the fundamentals are also just, just suggesting that we are on a very solid foundation. So these are not uh, the market uh, built upon sand ready to crumble down. It is on very solid ground. And 2021, this year, looks to be another solid year. I want to go into all the logics as to why I believe as such, but to do that, I'm going to put a PowerPoint slide onto the screen uh, because I speak better with PowerPoint slides. So hold one second as I put it on the slide mode. There we go. All right, so let's first discuss the basic foundation of the job market, which then also are important driver for the housing market. This is a 20 year chart on the job. So the first little hump that you see, uh, in hindsight, we know exactly what happened. It was artificial job creation, uh, where subprime lending, those terrible mortgages that overstretch people's budget, adjustable rate mortgages, resetting at higher interest rates. Uh, and then we had the foreclosure crisis. Thank goodness we don't have those bad mortgages this time around. 90% of the mortgages are 30 year fixed mortgage. Furthermore, as many of the realtors will attest about their clients trying to get a mortgage, it's not that easy. You know, one has to provide all the documentation, meet the, all the ratios, debt to income ratio and such. So we are not any replication of the bubble years of 2005. But the job situation after the foreclosure crisis, America experienced the longest economic expansion ever. 
And when America grows, rest of the world grows, which is the reason why many other countries are so uh, join in the uplift in the broader economy, whether you are in Canada, uh, Mexico, or uh, even in the uh, United Arab uh, Emirates, all sort of lifting all together. But we had the pandemic and the job losses suddenly occurred. But as you can see, jobs have been coming around, but we are still a 10 million short. What does this mean? Well, there's more to do in terms of job creation, but also for brokers, you should be cognizant there are 10 million people who are searching for new jobs and some, say 1%, 1% may wanna try out real estate as their career, which means that there could be another 100,000 people joining the real estate industry. That means it's a very competitive industry out there. Uh, you know, sometimes Department of Justice wonder what's happening in real estate and I said, look, we are at 1.4 million. We may go to 1.5 million all independent decision makers with their own business model, very, very fiercely competitive market uh, place out there. Uh, so uh, related to the industry, uh, you know, we are seeing growth in the membership, you know, something that happens, something we, can, we don't control, uh, but it is happening because some people are trying out the real estate as a new profession given the job losses. But let's see where in the country where the job losses are more severe. And it's happening in Michigan, New York, Vermont, California. If you look at the orange uh, color states, Idaho and Utah, these are the only two states with more jobs today compared to pre-pandemic. Only two states were generating jobs. Southern states, whether Texas, Georgia, Carolinas, job declines more minimal compared to one year ago. Uh, so variation, and often this is related to sometimes the restrictiveness of the lockdown. Like in New York, they had a very strict lockdown for a longer period, which tried to contain the coronavirus, but is really killing the job market condition. So a little variation in the job market performance across the country. If we look at the job market a little differently, what you see is that in April, lockdown, large job losses, then some job creation, but note how things were fizzling out towards the end of the year and in January, which was the reason why President Trump signed the stimulus package, which is the reason why many American families have additional $600 per person in their bank account. President Biden said that is insufficient. He wants to top it all. So he is trying to pass another stimulus bill, $1,400 additional per person, along with small business loans or small business grants, because often you don't have to repay uh, the enhanced unemployment insurance benefits and such, because things were fizzling out, trying to reboost the economy. First half was a question mark without the stimulus, but the second half looks to be very bright because of the vaccination. I think the numbers are something like 3 million Americans are getting vaccinated every single day. I mean, those are large numbers. Uh, and by middle of the summer, maybe half of Americans are vaccinated. Then by autumn, another quarter. At that point, uh, we have herd immunity and we could almost say back to normal lifestyle, going to the sports games, 
indoor dining, able to visit grandmother, go on travel, all that may become normal in the second half of the year, but the stimulus measure is trying to fix the economy in the first half of the year. But interesting situation related to the current recession. This is the first recession, at least in America, where we had the economy go down, but on average, people have more income. If you look at the right column, personal income percent change from one year before, it is up. And how is this possible? Again, stimulus checks, enhanced unemployment benefit, which led to many people who lost job actually receiving more in terms of unemployment check uh, compared to the wages they were receiving. Uh, so all this has really boosted people's income. What are people doing with this actual income? Oh, by the way, I just wanna qualify my statement because every time I say this, people say, well, I know a family who's struggling. Yes, there are families struggling out there, you know, paycheck to paycheck, uh, if they have a paycheck or worried about their next job and so, so forth. But on average, on average, American have more income during this recession compared to before the recession. First time ever this occurred in a US recession. What are people doing with this income? They are not spending it. They're keeping the money in the bank. Savings rate remain very, very high. I mean, you can ask all the banks. They will say the deposit levels are very high. Uh, but this is only hinting that once the vaccine is widely distributed, that all the savings will be pumped up back into the economy. And the second half of the year, almost assured that it will be a very robust economic activity. First half is really that stimulus package trying to hold, all, hold the economy solid. Meanwhile, home sales activity is really soaring. So when it down, went down in March, April, May, I heard from realtors, tremendous amount of concern. What am I going to do? But when the economy reopened, consumers looked at record low mortgage rates and they jumped at those low rates and home sales recovered and then some, rising way above what it had been pre-pandemic. Home sales consistently running in the second half of the year, about 20% above one year ago. So very solid activity, no loss in momentum. Uh, January figures after adjusting for seasonality up 20% from one year ago. So still moving very solidly. So consequently, I believe the home sales forecast for 2021 on an annual basis will be up 15%. 2022, maybe something similar or a little bit less uh, because mortgage rate, I see it as being a little higher, but why so big a jump from 2020 to 2021? And here's why. First quarter of this year, home sales is almost in to show that 20% growth compared to one year before. I mean, based on pending, which then translate into closing, it's almost guaranteed that it's gonna be up about 20%. Second quarter, it's going to be up 50% from one year ago. And you should be saying, hey, hold back. That's not possible. How in the world can home sales be 50% above? Well, remember, second quarter of last year is a very low base. It was a lockdown period. So you will see home sales uh, gain of about 50% because of the low base. Then the third quarter, essentially no change. 
And assuming fourth quarter is little light compared to uh, what happened in the fourth quarter of 2020, assuming all these assumptions, you get a 15% annual growth in home sales. So this is a spectacular year for 2020, 2021 uh, on an annual basis and quarterly changes uh, will be moving in this way. But one concerning factor is rises in mortgage rate that will soon occur. Maybe it's already occurring. You are already seeing that in the marketplace. The bottom line, the blue line is 10-year treasury. Top line is mortgage rate. Both generally move together, even though not in a lockstep one-to-one. -one. You see the blue line rising. That's going to force up the mortgage rate, red line to go up soon. Um, so the 2.7% average mortgage rate that you saw in December, January, that would be the absolute low point. We are already past that. From this point onward, it's going to be 2.9%, 3% average. Maybe in the summer, 3.1% because 10-year treasury yields are rising. And why is 10-year treasury yield rising? Well, economists would say there is no such thing as free lunch. More stimulus, larger national debt, larger deficit, more printing of the money, more inflationary pressure as the economy really begins to kick higher in the second half of the year. All this factor is contributing to higher 10-year treasury yield, which will then subsequently push up mortgage rates. So it's going to rise. But hold back, take a deep breath and say, mortgage rate 3.1% in summer, is that good? And you say, absolutely. Consumers missed out on the very bottom of 2.7, but 3%, 3.1%, you would still take that. Those are very favorable uh, mortgage rate condition. Uh, but please relay to your consumers that don't wait for rates to drop again. Uh, we are past that point. Other factor driving the 10-year treasury yield is that inflation rate looks to move higher. This is the consumer price inflation, which doesn't include home prices, by the way, or stock market. So it's been rising about 1.5%, but it's inevitable that it will be going upward because recent inflation accounts for lower oil prices that happened in 2020. From this point onward, you are already seeing higher gasoline prices, uh, more energy development costs. So the oil prices will rise and that will also contribute. The, uh, if you look at some of the consumer price items, again, uh, towards the bottom, aside from airfare, gasoline prices are actually lower, but now it will soon turn upwards so that's gonna put overall consumer price inflation to move up, uh, which means that the interest rate, the 10-year treasury yield will also be moving up along the way. Um, and just for your curiosity, I put different figures. Uh, right in the middle, veterinary service, I put that because somehow as people are staying home more often, there's greater demand for pet. Uh, so there's people have more pet and naturally there will be more need for uh, vet services now than before. So oil prices moving up, that will begin to push up uh, the overall consumer inflation, which will then push up the 10-year treasury, which will then push up mortgage rates. So in other words, without going into all of this one, two, one, two, three, four, five step process, mortgage rates will be rising. Keep that in mind. So uh, from the home builder's perspective, 
the high prices they're concerned with is the lumber prices. Lumber prices have essentially, you know, really cranked higher. Uh, and, you know, one thing that to reduce the lumber prices is to see if we can reduce or eliminate all the tariffs, especially the Canadian lumbers. Because if we bring more Canadian lumber into the US, that means more job creation in America. Furthermore, more inventory for realtors to do business. So, so bringing Canadian lumber will create more jobs in America. Now, housing market is very strong as I showed you on the home sales activity, but this is the home price. Home price, the orange line, which is the medium price. So this is for your business revenue. So you are looking at the business revenue growth. Essentially, it would be related to home price, what homes are being sold. But there's something called Case-Shiller Price Index, that little blue line that you see. Uh, that is also rising very strongly, but not as strong as the medium price. And the reasoning for that is right now, there is a tilt, little more upper end home sales moving compared to the lower end. On the lower end, simply not enough inventory, so sales are not getting done. But on the upper end, there is some inventory, increase in inventory, and that's where the transactions are occurring, and that's why it's pushing up medium prices, little above the Case-Shiller repeat price uh, index. And prices are rising because we simply don't have sufficient inventory. Inventory levels at all-time low. 1.9 month supply, insufficient. We clearly need more inventory. Uh, and what are the prospects of getting more inventory? I would say good news is that the blue line, blue bar, single family housing starts are beginning to rise. In January, it took a little dip, but it was more weather related. If I look at the single family housing start, uh, permits, permits, uh, sort of uh, what they take out, not in terms of actually building, but the paper document giving their permission to build, that has been rising consistently for the past eight straight months. So those are very good sign that single family housing starts are rising. But the multifamily starts like apartments or condominiums is just holding flat, moving sideways, uh, but at least single family uh, starts uh, or permits are steadily rising, which means that the worst and inventory shortage may soon be coming to an end. I mean, it takes several months to build homes, uh, but steadily we should be getting more inventory. Another factor for more inventory is once the mortgage forbearance period in, I think some of the families uh, will consider uh, whether they want to sell their home. So you know, I think that that will also come. And our elderly population who have been postponing the sale of a home because they were afraid of COVID, but now they're getting vaccinated. So with vaccination, more homes from the elderly population may begin to show up uh, in the upcoming months. So the inventory situation, uh, I'm feeling more comfortable that we will steadily get more. Right now, it's only on the million dollar home, but we have higher inventory, other price point, uh, you can see a significant shortage compared to one year ago in inventory. And uh, if we look at also the home sales change, uh, it looks very similar to the inventory. Where there is no inventory, sales are not growing. But where there is some inventory or inventory decline is more modest, sales are rising. Uh, right now, people want larger size home, expensive home, 
Uh, this is the trend maybe from work from home phenomena where they need to have that extra room. So uh, the upper end market moving, but there's more inventory on the upper end market. Let me now quickly turn into uh, the office space reduction. So this has an implication for home sales. So office demand is totally collapsing. Even among companies who are hiring more people, they're not seeking office space. This is hinting that we are in a new economy, even with vaccination, that is not going to be come to office five days a week. I think those days are completely past. I don't know what the new rules will be. There'll be many trial and error come to office three days a week or two days a week, but it just means for many consumers, why am I living so close to downtown if I don't have to go to office every single day? And that is why you see that people from Manhattan going into Northern New Jersey or going to Connecticut, they can commute from longer distance knowing they don't have to commute every single day. So this may begin to change uh, some of the dynamics about residential choice, as well as uh, people who have been content with their home now are less content. Uh, maybe they try to find home that's more closely aligned in terms of their school district preference. Because before they were limited to only two counties, but now they can consider four counties uh, that better meets their school preference for their kids. So you may begin to see extra home sales demand from this uh, work from home and away from office situation. Um, and in commercial real estate, just to highlight the difference, the red commercial prices are falling even as residential prices are rising. Uh, and let me just wrap it up with the forecast. So the forecast is that 2020, the middle column, the pandemic, negative, negative, economy down, jobs down, but in 2021, definitely almost assured to be positive because of the stimulus package and the vaccination. But some job losses will not come around immediately. So we will still be short on jobs. But the interest rates are rising. 10-year treasury already rising, which will force up mortgage rates. And my last slide, which is the housing market forecast, 2021, slight uptick in mortgage rates on average. New home sales, builders build it, sales rising better than 20%, existing home sales. I went through the logic, why on an annual basis it will be up 15%. This is a great year uh, and home prices and no danger of declining. I just hope that the appreciation model rates would increase supply. So these are a good backdrop for home sales and housing market. And I hope many of you can participate in this good improving housing market condition. Thank you for listening. And now I'm gonna turn it over to uh, Chris. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, just really incredible. We get so many comments from uh, those watching around the world in our various uh, streams. Um, and I would like to encourage all of our audience, please tag someone that you know, a peer in the industry that can benefit from this information. I always find your research and insight and perspective, Lawrence, um, just really spot on and so valuable that we in the industry should be sharing with our, our customers and within our communities. Uh, just a couple of questions, because I know we were, we're intent to wrap up here at the top of the hour. Um, do you believe that there's an interest rate, uh, a 30-year rate target that represents sort of a tipping point to kind of cool 
what we're seeing on the demand side of the business. Does something like that exist in your mind, a rate? Well, uh, if we just go back to recent history, uh, back in 2018, 2018, uh, the economy was doing great, unemployment rate very low, but home sales actually declined. And you said, why did the home sales decline in 2018 when the economy was good? It's because mortgage rate increased from 4% at the early part of the year and ended up at 5%. So you went from 4% to 5% and home sales declined. Not anything dramatic, but it did decline in a good economy. So uh, given that people are used to about 3% mortgage rate or even 2.7% mortgage rate, if the mortgage rate was to hit 4% now, then I would say uh, we will begin to see some meaningful decline in home sales, but I don't have that in the forecast. Uh, forecast is the mortgage rate only a decimal point decimal point or two. So, uh, you know, maybe averaging at 3.1 this year, but towards the year end, maybe it's 3.3. You know, early part of this year was, you know, under 3%. So uh, it should not derail the housing market. Uh, so again, that 15% increase in home sales uh, already is baked in along with slight rise in mortgage rate. But if the mortgage rate goes up to 4%, I think the home sales will tilt down a little lower. Yeah. I love that perspective. And so I think the takeaway there for our audience is this is the information that needs to be shared with your prospective sellers, recognizing that there could be a meaningful day on the horizon where the buying demand is cool. And I always think about, you know, the sellers that are trying to time the top of the market, right, Lawrence? There's always this phenomenon in any market where we're trying to time the apex. And so I think this uh, relative to mortgage rates, uh, that might be important to know. Uh, last question. Um, traditionally, we've seen the market perform at around six months of inventory. I'm wondering, Lawrence, what is your opinion on our new normal? What, what is our new normal in terms of the, 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 where the balanced market is in terms of months of inventory? Uh, so past uh, data shows that when the month supply is 6%, uh, I mean, six months, six months supply, that's when home prices rise roughly in line with people's income growth. So people's wages rise 3%, home prices rise 3%. And also people make a uh, measured decision about home buying. They're not in a rush. They say, well, I look at 12 homes, which one do I want? So they, you know, they decide. But in today's market with insufficient inventory, people are making rush decision, you know, a quick decision. Uh, and prices rising much faster than people's income growth. Uh, but nonetheless, technology has completely transformed. More people doing online shopping, the virtual tours, or the photographs uh, in a plentiful. And therefore, I would say that has reduced some of the friction. And therefore, probably four months supply is uh, where you have a balanced market. Again, balanced market meaning that price rises roughly in line with people's income growth. Terrific, terrific. Well, again, Lawrence, thank you. Uh, on behalf of our network here at Berkshire Realm Services, on behalf of the industry, we so value your insight, your passion, and charisma uh, to, to really bring to life the, you know, sometimes economics aren't, aren't, aren't the funnest thing to talk about, right? But I think your charm and charisma makes it uh, really valuable, and we just so appreciate the time that you take to spend with our network and our professionals. So thank you, and until next time, bye-bye.